0: Hey folks, welcome to this episode of the Everyday Millionaire podcast and the Mindset Matters edition, where I'm joined by my wife and Olympic mental performance coach, Stephanie Hanlon-Francie. Together, Stephanie and I engage in a conversation about different aspects of what we refer to as Mindset Matters. We believe that we're living in and through one of the most impactful global events in history. And let's face it, few have trained for or are equipped to deal with the life that is unfolding before them. The need to pivot in your business, your career, or perhaps deal with shifting family dynamics lies before many. We hope to inspire you to ask yourself questions or pause to consider how you view your world, your life. We'll invite you to check in on where you are on your journey. And are you still clear on your intended destination or has it changed? Join us for this In our series of Mindset Matters, listen in, enjoy. Hey folks, welcome to the Everyday Millionaire podcast, Mindset Matters edition. I'm joined today, not by my lovely, amazing and smart wife, Stephanie Hanlon, but the good looking chief growth officer of the Real Estate Investment Network and one of my very, very good friends, Jean-Guy Francoeur, JG. How are you? I
1: got some big shoes to fill. I mean, I'm following the footsteps (laughs) of Stephanie. I'm not sure how I'm going to pull that off, but I'll do my best.
0: You'll do your best. You're definitely not as good looking. But anyways, you know, conversation today is going to be interesting. We got some chats we're going to have around language, the use of words. And Stephanie, by the way, folks, is at the World Figure Skating Championships in France. I don't know where in France. I don't remember. But anyways, that's where she is. She's gone for a couple of weeks or so and as a number of athletes, as many of you know, that uh came out of the Olympics and off to worlds they go. So I think she's got four or five teams that are heading there. And uh JG, we're talking today about the power of language, the choice of words, and you know, I learned many years ago that, you know, as a coach and as a as a, you know, team leader and a business owner and when you're talking to people, you just can't hide behind language. Mm. You know, I can't, you can't, our team can't. I mean, we're probably pretty good at it because we know and we're aware of the words we choose. But today I want to talk about will versus want. And I don't mean willpower. I mean the word will. And it stems from setting an intention. And let's just use that as a place to start. And the power of saying, I will do something versus I want to do something. You know, we talk about goal setting or we talk about setting an attention for who you want to become versus who you will become. So I'll just throw that to you. Put the ball in your court for a minute. What do you got to say about that?
1: Well, um, you know, this is a big conversation. It's a big topic. There's no doubt about that. I mean, language, as you said, is, is critical. One of the things is that if you become, once a person becomes aware of A, how important language is, and B their own language, not only language externally, but language internally, because there's both an external dialogue and there's an internal dialogue. And sometimes you're having different dialogues, you're saying something externally, but you're actually saying something else internally. So so externally, you might say, uh, I will do this. Uh, But internally, you're saying, I want to do this. And those are two, you know, you have conflict there. Those are not aligned. uh, And that's an interesting, you know, an interesting conundrum, so to speak. So I think it is absolutely critically important. Once a person becomes aware of their language, and they can start catching themselves, which is very difficult to do. I mean, that's that's very, very difficult to do. We'll, I'm sure we'll get into that. But you often need someone around you, especially at the beginning, to try to help you catch these things. You know what I mean?
0: A hundred percent. So in this case, we're talking about intentions and we'll start kind of in a, a goal setting thought process, but you know, we're gonna dig deeper into it. Now, this is the difference between this is a these are declarations. Okay. So somebody stands up and goes, you know, you're having a conversation, and, and as you and I coach many, many business owners, real estate investors, you have a big team within your businesses, I have a team within my businesses, and so there's a for, from our perspective, we're trying to empower people to to, you know, to achieve the results that they say they want to achieve, okay? But here's the fundamental difference. If somebody walks up and says, and they make a declaration, let's go to a weight loss, because that's a common a common one, right? I want to lose 100 pounds. I want to lose 50 pounds. I want to lose 20 pounds. The word want is interesting because it's an absolute wishy-washy word, and there is no, It's a, although it's a declaration, there's no commitment to it. And there's a psychology behind it from my point of view and, you know, a lot of research and just experience. And that is, it's a way to get from underneath a commitment to yourself. You know, how many times, JG, have we had somebody set a goal? I want to buy 10 properties. I want to make $10,000 a month investing in real estate. I want to, I want to, I want to. Well, we all want to do shit, but (laughs) now compare that, compare that to somebody who says, I will, I'm going to watch me in one year from now, I'm going to own four doors. And they make a declaration, but it's a declaration with substance.
1: You know, this, this, I think often comes down to, uh, you just said the words commitment. It also, that, that will extend to essentially responsibility. And if you take that further, that extends into, you know, people feeling like they're they're going to be judged if they don't hit that goal. Mm-hmm. And if you can disconnect from this as a person as a high performer if you can disconnect from this and this is something that I yeah I know where where the hell I picked this up I don't know but I re- like I have no problems making a statement like I will do this And then not hitting my goal because I never hit the damn goal, but I always get pretty close. I always do a lot better than if I just said, I will try or I want, but I really don't care what other people think. I really don't care. Uh, Any of the judgment doesn't bother me me whatsoever. So if you can detach and disconnect from that, man, it is incredibly empowering.
0: Okay, so let's talk about that because that is in fact, I guess that really is the elephant in the room when it comes to making a declaration is the judgment. And often the judgment, by the way, of family, of friends, of peers. Now, some of it is actually a fear of judgment. And those, you know, those same people have no judgment at all, other than they want you to succeed. But there is old history, right? So you may like, I had a, I had a father and, and I, I I often throw my father under the bus, but you know, I don't want to make it sound like blaming, but I realize in my own development, my own roots, the, the, the cause of some of the challenges that I've created for myself or that I faced. And that is that I would make a declaration of some goal as a young man growing up, you know, and I don't care if I was 10 or 13 or 23, I would make some declaration. I'm going to make a million dollars, or I'm going to be a business owner, or I'm going to do one thing or another. And my dad would, Basically, say you're a dreamer, like quit the dreaming, just be realistic. And that would, of course, you know, my father ultimately would shut me down. Now, I carried those patterns forward and had, and still to this day, this many years later, still have to bust the nuances of those patterns. The point is this you, as I know, have no problem. There's a couple guys like you that I know that you have no attachment to what people think, they don't give a shit. So, where does that come from for you? Because we got to dig into this, right? Because I'm telling you right now, people are listening to this and they're going, "Okay, keep going." Because I know this yeah. one.
1: Let's dig into it. I really uh, let's do it. Um, You know, I don't, I don't know, I don't know. Like, I can't point to it. Obviously, I had a very, you know, I had a very traditional upbringing. You know, like I, I'm, I didn't come out of the shoot this way. I this is this is very much like the JG you see today is very much created. I mean, I worked on myself for, and I still to this day work on myself every single day in terms of my mindset and in terms of who I am and who I'm trying to be every day, every day, every single day. And I've been doing that since I've been 20 years old and I'm under 40 now. So I'm going on 20 years of working on myself. So I'm almost, by the way, uh, I've almost lived more working on myself than kind of the patterns I brought into the world. Know what I mean? Like I dropped a lot of those at 20 years old. So uh, very traditional uh, upbringing, but I, I really do think, Patrick, that that where it all comes from is just my my development, my self development, and the investments I made in myself and the continuous development. Uh, because I can fall into those traps too, where I start to feel like people are judging me, and I start to take that on. And you know what happens is I'm I'm human, just like everybody else. I start getting. Uh, i getting the emotions everybody else gets, whether it's fear, fear of judgment. I start, you know, I can see my language changing. I think the whole crux of this, Patrick, is that I've just invested so much in myself to develop myself that I know what's happening and I can see it happening in myself. Most other people, don't, they can't see it happening to themselves. Therefore, they fall into an old pattern. I actually know when I'm out of my groove really early on. And then I just self-reflect and correct, make the corrections I need to make. Uh, So it's not that I'm, immune to the other stuff like everybody else. It's just that I corrected probably faster than the average person.
0: Yeah. And, 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 you know, that's my observation, you know, to the degree that we share those kind of challenges and how we overcome them. But, you know, that's also my observation of you as well. You know, there's an interesting, you know, Stephanie and I, of course, you know, and Stephanie, both of us actually, Stephanie, far more than me working with the athletes that she's worked with, we see the difference and even in athletes, you know, and uh, I'll share a story, which was a really interesting that I picked up on and, uh, it somebody was interviewing and, and I don't, I, I'm not going to do the story justice in terms of the real fine details, but somebody was interviewing, um, uh, LeBron James and it, they had just got beat by whatever team again. And I don't even remember who he was playing for, but it, some Cleveland, maybe anyways, a reporter or a guy interviewing him. Says, so LeBron, this is like the fourth time that you guys have been beat out, blah, blah, blah. Uh, do you think you'll ever be as good as them? And he actually s- stopped for a minute and he went, No, I don't think we will. In that moment, you know, you got a guy that is physically built, gifted in so many ways, works his ass off, does all the stuff. Totally goes, no. We can't do it. And he lost so much cred in that moment because everybody's looking at it because they're now they're comparing him to Michael Jordan. They're comparing him to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They're comparing him to Kobe because they know those guys would have said fucking rights. Like we were, we we're not there yet, but we will be there. I will lead this team to that place. We will not take second place again but they will make that declaration. And so for all his talent, it was just very interesting. So I share that story because it showed up for me. And there was one more story I want to share. And this is just to give it one more level of context, which was Elon Musk was early on, like back in 2012, when I think he started SpaceX or some one of his big things, they, you know, he was criticized. His family laughed at him, his friends, everybody in the industry laughed at him. As a matter of fact, Neil Armstrong and Gene... Cernan is what I got down, I think is his name. Anyways, they actually criticized him. They said, he's like, this is not how it should be done. This is a dreamer. And that criticism actually inspired Elon. And he thanks them to this day for that criticism. And they asked him if he ever considered packing it in after all that criticism. And he looked at them and he went, without hesitation, he went, no. I'd have to be dead or completely incapacitated before I quit this project.
1: Speaking of language, right? Listen to those words. I mean, <laughs> yes.
0: So, you know, that's, that's the thing about it. So here's, let's talk a little bit about, you know, your experience. Now, when you look at, when we dig underneath this, we use that language. We're going to try. We just joked about it. when I, Let's try. I said, let's try and do this. And you go, dude, what's the try? We're going to do this, you know?
1: Well, you know, there's a, I have a buddy of mine, um, an old business associate, James is his name and, and, uh, James, and I worked with James for years. I I haven't worked with him in a couple of years, but I I worked with him for a decade and he was annoying with this, but, but it drilled it into my head. I I would hear this. I would hear this uh, several times a week. He had one, one saying, and he loved saying it and it was do or do not. There is no try. Yeah. Do or do not, there is no try. Do or do not, there is no try. And he said that to me so many damn times, and it just drilled it into my head. So now when I say the word try, his voice comes into my head, do or do not, there is no try. And uh, and James, if you're listening to this, thank you for that, because those are the kinds of things, Patrick, That that all of a sudden, that's a shift for me. I immediately take it back. I immediately say, oh, I'm not trying. I'm either doing this or I'm not doing this. And you've heard me say this before in various meetings. Many times, and yep. Endeavors we take on. It's like, listen, we're either going to do this or we're not. So which one is it? Are we doing it? Because if we're doing it, let's do it. If we're not doing it, that's OK. And that's the other thing, Patrick, about language, is people like to use the word try or want or these wishy-washy bullshit words. And the reason is, yes, they don't want to commit. And yes, they're afraid of the judgment for sure, but it's also a way out. It's also this back door.
0: There's no, there's zero weight, zero weight to want.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, but here, and here's, here, this is really powerful for, I, I learned this. I forget who taught me this, but somewhere along the line, probably a Bob Proctor or something, but you know, which is, which is, there's nothing wrong with saying no, there's nothing wrong with saying, I don't want to do that. So it's like, you know, a lot of times people say, yeah, I might want that. But you know what, they actually don't want that. They, mm. they, they're they just saying they want that for whatever, you know, there, there's some pattern there, there's some story there, there's something there. So they're trying to fit into a narrative saying, I might want that, I will try that, whatever. But it would be way more powerful for them if they said, no, I do not want that, but I do want this, and just go for it. And I think that that's giving yourself the permission to say, I don't want that, and get out of this this wants and tries and this wishy-washy stuff. Very empowering for people.
0: I can't remember what the book was that Tim Ferriss wrote, where he interviewed, I don't know, 200 or 100 of the world's top CEOs, it was a really great book by the way and it was a really easy read because they were all individual stories that the CEOs wrote themselves. And you know, but one of the consistent things I saw in many of the stories because I did read the whole book was that many of those CEOs just to your point, they said the greatest thing they've learned is to say no. They now say no to 99% of things. So uh it's no there is no, uh, you know, because they don't, back to what we'd started with. They, they have now bust through this fear of judgment. And, you know, when we look at the, I'm want, I'm, you know, I see, there's a couple guys out there that I follow a little bit on Facebook or I pay attention to, and they, they want to help a million people make a million dollars in their lifetime or whatever it is. And I went, there's the use of that word, I want. You know, I want to. No, make a fucking commitment, right? Like I'm going to, like there has to be, or I will, or that is my commitment, or there's got to be a, the the point of all of this, you know, in terms of this particular episode is to pay attention to your language. Trying and wanting is way different than I will. Even the word I'm going to is wishy-washy, unless you're going to say, I'm going to buy X date. Do this.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because I'm just I'm going to is a future state uh, that that is not that is not committed to. It's I not totally definable.
0: Don't. Not definable. So these are subtle things. But when you're talking about going to next level, those are the subtle things that matter
1: yeah absolutely and and this is where this is where business partners are very helpful this is where spouses are very helpful this is where masterminds are very helpful this is where you know anyone that you're on the same page with in terms of your growth and and uh and that's 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 critical because you need that you need that environment around you that's going to be able to call you out on that stuff when you say stuff i'm going to try like you and i don't get a, don't let we don't let each other get away with that shit. Uh, you know, you would call me out on it, I would call you out on it, and and the people around me would call me out on it. So I have no choice but to perform at that high level. I have no choice but to use the right language, otherwise they call me out on it. But I've I've created this atmosphere for myself, I've created this environment for myself with those people in my life, if you don't have that, you need to start creating that. And it, it doesn't happen overnight. I've been working on it for 20 years. You've been working on it for 50 or 40 years, Patrick. So, yeah. you know, I mean, but the point is, is that environment is very, very key because you're not going to catch yourself all the time. That's impossible. And that's okay too.
0: Well, it is okay. And at the end of the day, that environment that you create is very important, but as well, back to what you, you know said earlier, JG, which is that self-reflection Part of it now, Stephanie. On Mindset Matters, on this particular podcast, we often talk about awareness, and we joke about is it awareness a blessing or a curse? Because sometimes it feels like shit. You know, having this awareness is a curse because you're calling yourself on it. As I'm actually making notes on this segment, I had to call myself out on something where I was being wishy washy and the language I was using with myself. Was like, oh damn it! I was going to share it with the show, but I'm not going to share it on this. This I, I, I I'm not. The details don't matter. But the point is this is underlying you have to look at it and go what's going on what's the story i'm telling myself about this and generally it's going to be judgment family friends some his- history that you have where you felt judged your brother-in-law your sister-in-law your brother your sister some family member generally you know a parent called you a dreamer there you go being a dreamer again you know just yeah. get back to reality
1: yeah if you could i mean if you could you know and that's that's why this podcast is so important because this is a great entry point into these conversations for people and if you have family that you're going through this journey together and you guys can be learning this and I, and I, when i say you a family i'm i'm saying spouses i'm saying partners yeah. i'm saying I'm saying uh, parents with their kids, oh my gosh, what a gift you can give your kids is take that judgment off of them. My gosh, parents have no idea how much judgment they put on their kids and they don't even realize it. No parent would do this on purpose. Of course, they're not doing it on purpose. But it's your responsibility, in my view, as a parent, to take that off your kids as early as possible because the kids don't necessarily know what's going on. You're the adult, you know, a lot more than they do. So you got to take that off your kids. The point is, is that's why this podcast is so important is you can easily share this. You can easily forward this. You can easily uh, have this conversation. What a great dinner conversation uh, that actually moves life forward uh, to talk about this stuff over dinner. I think it's so powerful.
0: There is a, fundamental question that I think that we always have to be asking ourselves, which is, do we have what it takes to go to the next level? And whatever it is that you're looking at, do you have what it takes? You know, some of it's attitude. You know, you have to develop an attitude. You have to start to believe in yourself. And we often use the phrase that, you know, with clients that we work with jg how many times have we said we believe in you more than you believe in yourself and we don't even know you yet because we just know people get in their own way but here's i shared this i don't know if i've shared this with you but it's i wish i would have learned this a long time ago you know ask somebody do you have what it takes and they can go no but that's different this goes back to some of the athletes where the actual most powerful word is yet okay so no, not yet, but I will once I read this, get this information, train, go to school, whatever the scenario is. So it's not, no, I, I can't do it. You know, I don't have what it takes or I don't have what it takes yet, but I will. And it's such a powerful word. It's a simple word. It's yet.
1: Such a fantastic, powerful place to be. Uh, is exactly that I love it, absolutely love it,
0: so we see you know over the years and you've been you know you've you've played sports and you've watched sports, and it's such a great metaphor you know often sports are a great metaphor for life, and that's why they're often referred to because you know you're facing those challenges on the on the field you know you're going in as a warrior, and whether that's an athlete or once again it's just in life a parent you know, and understanding that. You have to be uber clear as a parent to not pass on these things to your kids. Now, we're, here's what we know about kids, right? As parents, you know, well, here's what I know as a parent. I know you and Carrie aren't parents, but you also are really great parents to friends of kids and et cetera. So it's not like you're not, you're, you're green around it. But the point is this. We have to take responsibility for the patterns that we're helping create or that we're creating in our kids and giving them and helping them develop an attitude of, I can't do it yet, but I will be able to do it. You know, that's part of it. And having a great attitude is what also develops work ethic. You've got a really strong work ethic. I have a wor- really strong work th- work ethic. And that comes because we've learned that we have to love what we do.
1: Well, I was just going to say that, you know, I, I, this work ethic thing is always a fascinating conversation because- Because if you give me something I don't want to do, you'll see my work ethic go down real quick.
0: Well, you also make it, you make some big statements around work, which is for you, you have a fundamental saying that goes if it isn't fun, I'm not doing it. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, that's true. (laughs) And 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 you whether you do it directly or indirectly, you work your way out of it. If it isn't fun, you're not doing it. And uh that's just how it is with JG.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's, but I, yeah, and that's a, uh, that's a I Don't, know what to say don't a tap
0: time. dance around that dude. You do it all the time. <laughs> no, it,
1: listen, it's a thousand percent true, <laughs> but it, it I've, I've grown into that. And yeah. I think that's because, of, you know, I've also done a, like I've, I've, I've built myself to this place where I can say that and do that. It wasn't always like that is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. I've done a lot of things that I, wasn't fun, but had to be done. And and you know, when you're an entrepreneur and you're starting out, you got to uh, you know, you got to cook, you got to clean, you got to wash the dishes, you got to yep. serve it, you got to you know, do it all. Uh, that nowadays, I'm blessed to have you know a hundred plus people around me uh, between all the various companies that that can help and support, and that's awesome. And I think that. But I've also learned that if I'm not if I'm not being my best self, unless it is fun either. So. Uh, it's just better for everybody. It's better for me. It's better for the world. It's better for the clients. It's better for everyone that is, that is being touched by the various companies I uh, own and operate that, that uh, if it's fun for me, it's fun for everybody
0: else too. 100%. Now let's talk one, you know, as we kind of come and wind down this part, I think we've covered some I good we ground. Just, I
1: thought we were just winding up.
0: Dude. I don't <laughs> just just getting started. No, no, no. We'll, we'll do another segment. But right now the point is this let's, have people be aware of their languaging. You know, get rid of the word try, get rid of the word want to, use I will, make a bold statement, make bold commitments. And who gives a shit if you don't do it? All we know is that, you know, it goes back to the old memes that, you know, set the target really high. And if you only hit it 50%, you're still doing very, very well. And forget about the judgment of people and what you want. You have the right and you owe it to yourself to dream, to dream big and take those big, what some people would call chances. Now we're not saying go out and JD. this is the other thing. A lot of this stuff isn't about money it's really about pride and ego that shuts people down
1: you yeah, know totally the other thing too is to understand this is a skill this is a skill you were not born with this thing called having the right language you're gonna have to learn it and you're gonna have to practice it so don't beat yourself up if you if you say try want uh, going to and wishy-washy words if it doesn't feel right uh, then, then you know, really self-reflect on that and take the time and and uh, and practice the right language. It truly is. It takes practice. Like I said, I mean, you know, Patrick, you didn't come out of the shoot like this. I didn't come out of the shoot like this. We, this is these are learned skills that take years and, and they dent- never go
0: away. They never go away. They, like no, you have to. Like right. it's not like it's not like we have any claim to doing it right all the time, because we certainly don't, but we try freaking hard.
1: No, we don't try. We
0: do. <laughs> we try hard. We, But in, in the context, I think I can get away with try. We do, and we do, but but it, it comes from trying, falling down, getting back up. It doesn't practicing. take away from the, it. you know, it comes from practicing. So in that context, I think I can get away with the word try. We do. We do. Because you can do it and still fall down. That's a try. Do it again. And do it again. That's where the athletes come back. You know, it's interesting. You know, a lot of people, you know, we joke about, you stuff know, Stephanie's in the figure skating world. We watch these kids jump, crash, burn, bumps, bruises, ice is hard. You know, it's really amazing when you think that, and they just get up and do it again. They actually expect to fall you know, a hundred times. And then finally they nail it and then they don't fall as much anymore. Right. It's, you have to go through the pain and the discomfort and you got to park your ego and your pride off the side. So what do you think if you're looking at it, you, when you consider uh, what you're doing, how important is having that vision of the outcome for you?
1: I think it's, I think, well, I think it's critical, um, because, if you if you lose sight of the vision if you lose sight of the outcome then you you quickly emotions that don't serve you quickly 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 move in whether that's fear whether that's doubt whether that's uncertainty And a a lot of times, most of that, 80% of it can be washed away if you just refocus on your outcome and come back around, which is why things like vision boards are so powerful. And I'm not sure if that's where you're going with this question, but that's why things like vision boards and and keeping your outcome and your vision in front of you is is paramount. Because without that, you're quickly going to drift the same way your language is going to drift. And you've got to constantly be bringing it back to focus the same way a plan, it's an overused analogy, but it's so apropos, which is the same way. A jet will fly from Toronto to London, England. It'll be off course 99% of the time. It's constantly self-correcting back to course. And that's only because it knows where the hell it's going. It's only because it knows it's going to London and your London, your destination is your vision. It's your outcome. And if you don't, if you don't connect to that on an ongoing daily basis, multiple times a day basis, then you, uh, then you lose track of it. And I'll show you this right here, Patrick. And for those, you know, because the podcast people can listen, but you know, I have a, I have, this is a one ounce silver, one silver ounce, uh, that I have in my pocket. And this was given to me by a friend on my birthday just a couple weeks ago. But I I always have cues like this in my pocket to remind myself of my vision and my Mm -hmm. outcome. Because how many times a day do you put your hands in your pocket Mm -hmm. a lot Mm-hmm. So every time I touch this, it reconnects me again and again and again. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, yeah, that's what I got to say about that.
0: Ah, I love that. You know, there's, uh, something that Stephanie and I've shared on the show often, which is everybody wants the outcome. They want the podium, they want the gold medal, they want the million dollars, they want all the stuff, but along the way, they forget that they're committing to a journey and that's part of the challenge. And you better be prepared to take the journey. You got to love the journey. Because the outcome, you know, we've sat with athletes literally an hour after they just won a world championship and had them look at us and go, now what? And we laugh (laughs) about it. Okay, you just won a gold medal. You just won, you know, the best in the world. And, you know, because, but they enjoyed the journey. It's like, now what? And so you have to have that vision because there's going to be a now what? You better enjoy the journey because once you achieve it, there's going to be what's next. And those are all things that we look at the mindset we look at. And I don't want to go off on a tangent about the language that we use, but ultimately that vision is so important, enjoying the journey. And part of the journey is self-assessments. Part of the journey is improving yourself. JG, we've said it many times to people. It's not the outcome. It's who you have to become to achieve the outcome.
1: Well, and I think that's connecting that back to what we just said about, you know, my my motto, if it's not fun, I'm not doing it. That's why I say that because I know it's about the journey and every day has to be fun. Otherwise, I'm not going to get to the end uh, or I might get to the end, but I won't enjoy the process. And if you're not enjoying the process, then what the hell's the point? Because you're spending way le- way more time on the journey than you are at the destination. As soon as you get to the destination, you're going to figure out, you know, what's next? Where am I going to the next destination? And then you're back on the journey again. And, you know, you got to, you know, you learn these things over time as you set these goals and achieve these goals. And and then you set new goals and you're thinking, let's do it.
0: JG, thanks so much for filling in for Stephanie. And although you're not as good looking or, you know, Not as eloquent. Not as eloquent. (laughs) So listen, folks, whatever your goal is, whatever your outcome is, make sure you're using and being aware of the language you're using. Make those bold commitments. Forget about the judgment of others. And just make those commitments to yourself and do it. Just do it. And for those of you who are listening, if you're interested in joining Stephanie and I on a whole big journey of self-discovery, consider our program, Shift. And you can go to the website SHIFT. It'll be in the link somewhere here on the webpage or on the Everyday Millionaire Facebook page. So if you're interested in doing some more additional work, much deeper and lengthy, then join us for the SHIFT coaching program. JG, thank you so much as always.
1: My absolute pleasure. And I think if anybody wants to go on this journey... Uh, there is no better program than Shift. I mean, you're being trained by two unbelievable professionals that have seen so much, done so much, and been through the journey many, many times themselves. And that, if you are going to learn from anybody, that's what you want to learn from, is people that have been on the journey, that have completed the journey, that have set a new destination, a new goal, a new vision, a new outcome, and are still on the journey and still growing. That's what you want to be taught by. And There's nobody better in the world than Patrick and Stephanie.
0: Thanks, Bell. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening. If you found value in the podcast, please take the time to rate and review and share with others, share with your friends. As it is my goal to always improve and to provide the highest value for you, the listener, if you have any comments, suggestions, or questions you'd like answered, please email me at ceo@raincanada.com. That's CEO at reinCada.com. I look forward to hearing from you. And until next time, Patrick O.